Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, welcome back to Rejuvenated Women, Impeccable Health for High-Performing Women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley. I'm really excited to be joined today by Lori Lewis. Lori is an intermittent fasting coach and author, and she's went through menopause dealing a crushing blow where she got brain fog, lack of balance, memory loss, and sudden gain of 50 pounds of stubborn hormonal fat. She tried everything she knew to feel better and the methods that worked in the past made absolutely no difference. Many women on this listening to this, I know can relate to this story. After four years of struggle, Lori stumbled upon intermittent fasting and started fasting that very same day. The menopausal fog lifted in less than one week. She had more energy and felt like herself. She lost 51 pounds in 15 months and has kept it off for years. Now at 57 years old, Lori has turned her personal success into the premier thriving intermittent fasting coaching business. As a certified health coach um, from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, she combines her knowledge of nutrition with deep research and practice of time-restricted eating. Lori guides her clients with a dream come true to eat the foods you love and enjoy the rest of your life feeling vibrantly well. So Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex. It's so I much fun. <laughs> yeah, I can tell we're going to have a lot of fun with this guy. <laughs> I know so, so many of our listeners can relate to, you know, the journey you've been on. I work with so many women that are like, hey, all the things I used to do just don't work anymore. And it's frustrating and disheartening and all of the things. So I, you know, I introduced kind of some of your journey, but just kind of tell us a little bit more about how you got into doing what you do today. Well, that feeling stuck can happen at any age for sure. And it doesn't feel good. And we all just want to feel better and better and better and not have it be, oh, so I got to this point where I thought I would have to surrender to this idea, this belief that it just gets worse and worse and harder and harder and sicker and heavier forever. And I'm an optimist. You don't know me yet, but I'm always looking at the glass half full. And I'm like, I don't want to believe that it gets worse and harder forever. And so there I was, um, a person who has a a personal passion for nutrition and eating well. That's why I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, really to fulfill a personal interest. And uh, I had another career. (laughs) And um, so when I suddenly gained 50 pounds with menopause, everyone in my life was like, wait a minute, you're the healthiest person we know. How did this happen to you? And I'm like, I know. And I knew it was hormonal, of course, because our bodies and, and this is where this, this conversation really applies to people of, especially women of all ages is that whether you are pre-menopause or perimenopause or menopausal, you know, but if you're in your thirties, menopause is coming (laughs) and it's, it's the time is always right to take amazing care of yourself. Right. So there I was, I'd had a real challenge through perimenopause from age 44 to 49. In my case, Um, I hit menopause early 
the average is around 51, 52 years old. And I hit it at 49. And that's when my body just was holding on to fat, like oxygen. (laughs) And, um, I couldn't turn it around. And I really struggled for four and a half years, not only with the excess weight, but I was in pain all the time. I just, everything ached and hurt and my brain, my mind was foggy and my balance was off. Like I fell down a whole flight of steps in the New York city subway. And I, it, I just was not myself. And so when I found out one night miraculously about intermittent fasting, I, as you said a minute ago, I started that very same day. And within three days, I had the feeling that only we know what that feels like, which is, oh, I feel like myself. I suddenly felt clearer and brighter and more in connected to my body. Like I just was myself. And of course, nothing had changed on the scale in three days. Right. And, uh, I'm really lucky that I had, I was visiting my mom who, uh, was just incredibly supportive. And so every minute she was saying, you look great, honey. I'm like, mom, doing this for four days. I look the same, you know, but it's one of my big coachings is to always have someone in your camp who no matter what is like, go you, right. They don't have to be doing it with you, but to have a champion, to have someone who's always got your back to someone, you know, someone who is, it's not their job to, you know, it wasn't her job to hold me accountable. She just loved me and, and really wanted to see me win. So I kept going and now it's been four and a half years. I've never missed a day, but what people should know is that we get to design our own eating window. So my eating window and the length of my clean fasting every day is different based on what life holds, what my schedule holds. And so some days I fasted 12 hours and some days I've fasted much, much longer and um, it's an amazing way to live. So now I get to teach now I am a, now I am a full-time health coach. I never would have expected my life would take this turn when I got certified all those years ago. And um, I have clients around the world and I just get to help people feel better and better and better. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, it, it's been, so there's so many conversations. Well, there, we could go a million that. ways, right? I know. <laughs> and I told you before we started recording, you know, I haven't ever really had anyone specifically talk about intermittent fasting on the show. So I'm kind of excited about this because I think it's, you know, it's, it's actually very simplistic in a lot of ways. That's and right. I think as type A women with, you know, I tend to talk to our, our high performers, we overcomplicate the heck out of it. And we're like, it has to look a certain way. So I, what actually brought me up with is, you know, yours doesn't look the same way every day. So let's define what does intermittent fasting actually mean? Like <laughs> where, Excellent. You know, I love it. There. all right. So it's not a diet mm-hmm. and what it is, is a pattern eating in a pattern of time. So then you take the 24 hour day and you chop it into, it's that simple. There's the fasting part and the eating part that I call the eating window, fasting hours and the eating window. My particular uh, methodology that I subscribe to and based on coaching thousands of people is that, uh, and Jen Stevens, who wrote a book called fast feast repeat, coined this phrase, the clean fast. Now in my world, we shouldn't even have to define it. Fasting is fasting, refraining from nutrients and flavors, 
<laughs> and eating is eating. So there, we get to save all the fun flavors and nutrients and deliciousness for later in the eating window and keep the fasting hours very, very, very plain and simple. So again, this is where people complicate things. What am I allowed to have while I'm fasting? Well, that's funny. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> okay. So people are like, what? I, it's so hard. I want to, you know, so here's the thing. It's actually easier. Here's why. Mm-hmm. If you fast clean, what that means is plain unflavored water of any temperature or sparkliness, <laughs> plain unflavored black coffee, plain unflavored bitter green or black tea. Now people think tea, mm, mint, chamomile. No, <laughs> tea is tea, <laughs> bitter green or black tea with no ginger, lemongrass, fun flavors. Oh. Okay. So keep it super plain. Here's why. When we ingest nutrients, flavors, sweetness, even if it's like, oh, it's just a little squeeze of lemon, the brain, the hormones, the digestive tract align to receive food. They're like, yay, food's coming and they get ready for it. And then you think you're fasting and you don't actually give your body food, it gets mad. It's like, where the the heck's the food that you just promised me with that little taste of something, something, and it makes fasting harder. So the clean fast, I mean, and people are out there thinking, well, I do it a little differently. I heard I could have a little, you know, cream, or I heard I could have a little bulletproof this or that, or, you know, there are all the reasons why those things could be helpful or work for people. But I, I challenge people to fast clean for a month and see how much easier it gets and see how your body feels better and your mind is clearer. And then you get to enjoy all the yummy food that you love. Nutritious, delicious, as we say, window worthy. It's your special when eating window. So your food should be window worthy and eat it later. (laughs) So that's what intermittent fasting is. I love it. I think it's, it's very true. A lot of people get tripped up on, and even myself, you know, I've experimented with this here and there, but it's like, oh, you can have bone broth or you can have, you know, and bone broth. It's loaded with incredible nutrients. It's great. It's food. It's your eating window. It's food. <laughs> it yes. is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's super interesting. And for anyone listening that maybe this hasn't worked for you, I challenge you that maybe you haven't fully done it the way that right. it's designed to be um, done. And so talking about the hormones and stuff, I'm, and if you don't have an answer for this, it's totally fine. But one of the things I teach on a lot with my clients is rebalancing leptin. Cause I find that our leptin hormones, yes. off. leptin and ghrelin are our hunger hormones and tell us when, yes. we're, when, when we're hungry and all that. And, you know, the way I have been trained to do that is very different from intermittent fasting, but I think the problem actually lies in what we just talked about with, you know, we're cheating during the fasting window. Um, So how do you have any kind of input on how intermittent fasting can help with rebalancing that? Because I've been trained a certain way that involves like three meals a day, five hours apart, which obviously isn't compliant or easy to do. Well, it could be if you, okay, you go five, you have your first meal and then you go five hours and have your second meal and you go five hours and have your third meal. That's 10 hours. So that means someone who's eating in a 10 hour eating window is fasting. If you're fasting clean for 14 hours and you're asleep, hopefully for seven or eight of that. Right. Yeah. So that's great because 12, 12 fasting consciously cleanly for 12 hours a day has been proven to extend a person's lifespan. So you'll live longer. If you just wait, if you stop eating at 7 PM, drink plain water, 
sleep, wake up, drink plain water, have a cup of black coffee, eat your breakfast at 7 a.m. or 8 or 9. That's 12 to 14 hours. Good for you. You just live, extended your lifespan. So um, regarding your question about hormones, you know, we have over 80 hormones. It's amazing. We're this complex network of, of little chemical messengers. <laughs> and um, the ones we think of first, of course, are estrogen and progesterone and cortisol, and then maybe melatonin and oxytocin and uh, the, all the thyroid hormones. But insulin is really important. And when we're fasting clean, we're lowering our circulating insulin and insulin is very closely linked to ghrelin, that hunger hormone and leptin, the satiety hormone and leptin has other jobs too, but it's main job is to say, stop eating now. Yeah. When we're fasting, well, we have an appetite center in our brains that are broken. And the reason they're broken is because we eat all the time and we eat ultra processed foods in the presence of refined sugar and ultra processed foods. Leptin can't do its job. Right. I mean, it's literally mixed up it, because everybody's experienced that. It's like you can be stuffed, and the minute the dessert menu comes, suddenly you have this ability, this flavor profile changes, and you're like, I've got lots of room for creme brulee. <laughs> right. And then the body can't say stop. So when we're fasting consistently every day, that apostat, the appetite center in our brain has a chance to repair and balance and restore itself into working condition. Like a wild animal knows when to eat and what to eat and when to stop eating. I, one of my favorite experiences uh, in life in general, and now I get to use it as a, an example is I was in South Africa in Kruger Park watch looking for beautiful animals all day, every day for many days. And one day we saw two cheetah running so fast and take down an Impala for their meal, which was sad for like a second, but, and then um, they caught it and they rested and they ate it slowly and they put their heads up and looked around and then they ate some more and then they sat up and they licked themselves clean and they walked away of a half eaten carcass because they knew they were done. How did they know their leptin hormone <laughs> informed them that they'd had enough food and that works for us too. And, um, especially in a pronounced way, people who intermittent fast for, you know, consistently every day for at least, you know, once you get to the two, three month mark is when my clients and people start saying, Oh, now I know what that feels like. Cause they'll have some half eaten thing. Like who could leave a slice of pizza in the box, right? Everybody's eaten their share and there's one slice left. Most of us who could not, we can't leave it there. Someone has to eat it and it has to be me. And what happens is leptin is like, we're done. Don't eat anymore. And it's pretty quiet. It's firm Mm -hmm. and quiet. And it's not like being stuffed. It's like being done. And that's an amazing feeling. And so, yes, eating in a pattern of time, having an intermittent fasting practice allows for that. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
so I, had, I have lots of questions, but <laughs> go, <laughs> Alex, go. <laughs> uh, how do you recommend people get started? Because I find, you know, especially in our, our world, I talk a lot about kind of like the emotional drivers of eating. And so a lot of us maybe struggle with eating too late at night. Um, so whenever I've, you know, taken on having that fasting window, it's not like you're skipping breakfast or having to wait until one or two in the afternoon or any of that crazy stuff. Um, you know, where do you recommend people start? Cause it can be a challenge if you've never really done fasting before and yes. your are off and you're insulin resistant, which 60% of the population is That's like, right. all of that. <laughs> um, so what's, where, where do you recommend people start? I believe in slow and gentle. I think that the old adage of, you know, the, the rabbit and the, the hare and the tortoise is a good one. <laughs> and if we're interested in sustainability, I know as people who are goal oriented and achievement oriented, we want to do well from the get-go and get all the benefits and all the results. And yet I do know that starting gently uh, is much more of an assurance that will continue. The point is to continue. (laughs) And um, as we age and throughout all human history, human beings have gone without food and then had food and then without food and had food, whether it was long bouts of time or every day there was just one small meal. And that isn't extreme. That's actually, our bodies are not designed to eat all the time. And so when you push all your nutrients into a concentrated time frame, you're, you're allowing your body for an abundance of healing in the clean fasting hours, deep cellular repair every day. And then you eat to satiety, like yummy, nutritious food that you look forward to having later in your eating window. And so you get to say what that eating window is, but I, I really feel like I mentioned earlier that you decide what time you're going to close your eating window today, 7 PM, let's say, and, and, um, then you add 12 hours. So it's 7 AM and you're asleep for much of it. Right. And then the next day add, if you get to seven and you're not hungry, don't eat. Don't feed an unhungry body. Yeah. Wait, but you want to be prepared for when you will eat, right? So let's say you plan to eat at seven, but then you have to get in the car and drive to work at eight. You want to be prepared to eat. You don't want to be driving, you know, you weren't hungry at seven or seven 30, and then you get in the car and then you're like ravenous and you're unprepared. So, so being prepared as an intermittent faster is very different than being prepared as a dieter. You just want to have some good quality mineral water with you, maybe a plain magnesium capsule or some plain unflavored electrolytes and a small, I I always have a little packet of olives from Trader Joe's, which are just 10 little olives in this little tightly sealed packet. And it's nice little salty fat. Fat is really satiating to open your eating window and break your fast just a little bit. Uh, If you're ever caught ready in your body is like eat now you don't want to be scrambling for food and just a little bit will hold you, hold you over. And so increase, I really strongly believe that most people, most really being like 98% of people Mm -hmm. can quite easily do a 16, eight schedule. So that means you eat between 10 and six or 11 and seven or 12 and eight or one and nine, depending on where you live and what your schedule is and what, when you like to eat, 
how much of a night owl you are. Um, to break the late night snacking, though, you really want to start putting in place habits that are when dinner is over, the kitchen is closed, right? Like yeah. our, our, I don't even want to say ancestors, my grandparents and even my parents, it's like dinner's over. If you ate your meal, you could have a sweet. And then there was no like eating after dinner. Like that's weird. <laughs> Who does? Well, we do that now, but we certainly didn't 40 years ago. So um, the kitchen's closed. Eat tomorrow. Jen Stevens wrote another book called Delay, Don't Deny. And I love the methodology about that because um, when we know when we're going to be eating next and when we know some delicious thing that we're going to be eating, I'll give an example. So one night I was um, texting with a client. My one-on-one people can text me. (laughs) And she's like, ah, it was like 8.30 or something. And her window had been closed for a few hours. And she's like, I want a hamburger. I'm like, okay, describe the hamburger to me all in all its deliciousness. So she did. And I said, when's your eating window open tomorrow? And she said, one. And I was like, okay, can you have that hamburger tomorrow at one? And she's like, yes. And I was like, do you want it now? And she's like, no. Hmm. So it just calms the nervous system. It's like, I mean, I'm opening my eating window tomorrow at 930. And here's the yumminess I'm going to have. I can keep fasting now. And then you get present to all the benefits that are happening, keeping insulin low and tapping into your body fat for fuel and making new brain cells and all the incredible things that are happening when we're fasting is definitely motivation to keep going and eat later. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I've, you know, just sharing some of my own story. I've been someone who I've attempted like longer multi-day fasts mm-hmm. and I fail epically and just my body does not do well with that, but a lot of it comes down to mindset. And so I love that idea of like, Oh, I can have that. I have a theory about that. Do you tell me about you it? No. When, okay. So what was, what were some long fasts that you attempted like three days, five days? Three was the most. Okay. So um, 72 hours. Yeah. And before you started that, how often did you eat? What's your general eating schedule? My, I usually eat between the, like I'll, I fast sort of, I generally have breakfast around like nine or 10 mm-hmm. and, and it's not heavy. I have a smoothie with all kinds of veggies in it and all that. Like I, mm. I eat healthy things. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I have mine right here actually. Yeah. <laughs> Here's out. Yeah. I got water. Um, <laughs> you got water. I got water too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, lunch and dinner are always protein and veggies. And I know a lot of my mm-hmm. clients are like this too. And typically I don't always, but typically I'm done eating by like seven 30 or eight at the late. Okay, good. So, yeah. So that's about a, generally you probably are fasting like 12 to 13 hours every day, which is amazing. What that is not providing is what we call metabolic flexibility. You're not fat adapted, meaning your body hasn't moved through the available fuel and gotten into your fat stores. And one, uh, train station along the way is, uh, okay. So your body uses one fuel source at a time, right? It's not like a hybrid car. It doesn't skate between them. It's linear. So it uses the food you just ate and the glucose in your blood. And then it moves to the stored glycogen, which is excess glucose is stored as glycogen. It's primarily in your liver. So if you think of the liver as a bathtub, 
and the glycogen is going, pull the stopper. And every day you're intermittent fasting, the glycogen, you're chipping away at it. And if you start from not fasting to fasting every day, it takes about three, two to four weeks. So let's say three weeks for that bathtub, the liver to empty of the stored glycogen. And then it can take a few days even for the body to recognize that, oh, there's all this other fuel here called body fat. Wow. This is so exciting. We didn't know. (laughs) Okay. So uh, my theory is, is that because you're not already an intermittent faster, you haven't chipped away at that stored glycogen because every time you eat, you don't fill it all the way back up when you're an intermittent faster, you drain that tank. And then every time you eat, it fills up a little, but then the next day when you're fasting, it goes right back down. You get right back into fat burning. So for you, I'd be curious. And I always want people to note the time, like how many hours fasted are you when it gets hard? Because you're generally switching fuel sources and the body is like, I don't want to just feed me. (laughs) So I think you were, you know, the mental noise gets strong, but then the physical, you know, whatever discomfort, it's not always discomfort, but can cry out, you know, stomach rumbling and like hunger. And so I think that the timing on that would have been when you depleted your glycogen stores and you're not yet metabolically flexible and your body doesn't know to shift into fat burning that it got really hard. Yeah. So that's, very that's what I think. Yeah. Oh, I like that. And I, I think you're accurate in that. Um, we were talking earlier, this brought up another thing because you know you had a, a significant weight loss journey over just kind of a gradual period of time, which I can understand. Gradual. So yeah. You're using fasting to deplete your glycogen stores and shift into that fat burning mode. That is how that happens. Yep. I've lost about 25 pounds in the last, well, it was like over three months basically, but we, you know, we did it. It takes a lot of work and I have a 12 week program where I do this now, but it's the same idea. You know, we're shifting the body from burning the sugar and the, the glycogen stores to burning fat. And so it's, it's making that Great. metabolic shift. And so you can do it with some pretty extreme measures as I did, where you can, can do it, you know, more gradually with your fasting. So that's pretty cool. It's interesting that you said the way that you said that, because people think that it's a lot easier to change what you're eating, like the ketogenic diet, for example, Mm -hmm. people think it's a lot easier to change what you're eating because we're used to eating and we're used to dieting, even though it's hard. Mm -hmm. They think it's easier to change what you're eating then implement a daily fasting regimen. And the the opposite is true. It's actually much easier and more effective because um, fasting creates 20 times more ketones than the ketogenic diet. So it's easier to eat in an eating window and fast clean and more effective physiologically Mm -hmm. than it is to change what now I'm a big fan of changing what you're eating in terms of people discovering for themselves, what foods make you feel amazing and what foods do not. And I've learned that most people have no idea what foods make them not feel well. (laughs) It's all a blur. It's just like, I'm not sleeping well. My digestion is messed up. I have autoimmune diseases. My hormones are whacked, but people have no idea what foods make them feel well and not feel well, which is so much why I love my job. 
<laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it great? And it's not about a diet. And I've been a big yeah. proponent, you know, we're talking about the ketogenic thing, like the keto diet, honestly, is just driving me crazy at this point. Cause like I go to Costco cause we have teenagers and we've got lots of boys in my house and it's like, you can get keto chips and keto ice cream and keto this. And I'm like, it's that's still, not, it's no, like <laughs> the whole idea is like eat real food and help train your body into where it can go into re- releasing fat mode, where it's burning fat instead of your sugars. And it's different for everybody too. Like I, right. you know, I go into that place a lot, having more carbs than, you know, traditional keto might say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, yeah. And doing that combined with that fa- fasting window, I think can really. Would I rather have you eat a baked potato fully loaded mm, or keto chips? Come on. It's not even a contest. <laughs> eat real food. And then, the, exactly. you know, if you're fasting and eat real food that you get excited to eat, then the body will start to steer you. It's amazing. This, so this appetite correction is not only the quantity of food, like leptin is able to communicate to you and say, stop yeah. eating now, but it's also the quality of food that people are like, why do I suddenly want to eat spinach and eggs every day? Yay. <laughs> it's like, why yeah. do when I eat my chips or whatever, do I get ravenously hungry for more sugar later? And does it taste kind of icky and chemically? That's because it appetite is. correction is yeah. informing you that that's not really food, <laughs> which is unfortunately is most of the stuff in the grocery stores I know. in the United States. But, um, and so this brings me into, I, I think this might be my last question for you, but <laughs> we'll see where we go with it. Um, Great. Another common problem I find with, especially, you know, the high-performing woman, the, the busy woman that we're talking to on this show um, and that I have been, and it sounds like you have also been in your life is we actually chronically undereat. You know, I find a lot of women who are barely consuming maybe 1200 calories a day and wondering why they're not losing weight. And that's because mm. body thinks it's starving. So it's saving everything. So how do you, and one of the issues I've seen with some people in the intermittent fasting is they kind of look at it as a way to eat even less. Oh, and how do we, no. how do we, <laughs> negate that. That is a type A way of thinking. It's like, if, if this is good, more is better. No, 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 no. Right. So, or if, if intermittent fasting is good, then calorie restriction plus intermittent fasting must be fabulous. No. Okay. So here's, here's how it works. So very simplistically, the metabolic rate is determined by your body based on how much available fuel it perceives. So if it perceives there's a famine and there isn't much fuel available, it's going to slow the metabolism way down with fasting. If you eat well, here's what's happening. So you're, you're fasting clean. You're moving through the available fuel in your body, moving into fat burning. And as soon as you, you shift into burning your own body fat, your body perceives an abundance. (laughs) It's like, wow, there's a lot here. Even so I'm at my ideal weight. Mm -hmm. I'm 58 now. And I'm, I weigh what I did in high school and fit into clothes that I've, you know, they're normal weight size. Right. And, um, so the, even at my ideal weight, my, I have like 22, 23% body fat. 
So like a quarter of my whole self is fat. I'm not, not ever going to run out. <laughs> so we don't have to worry about, but what if the fat runs out? That is never going to happen. <laughs> so, right. So um, the body is like, yay, there's plenty of fat here. We're just chugging along, burning body fat. And then when it's time to eat, open the eating window, then eat well, eat to satiety, eat nutritious, whole food, a variety of nutrients. And again, when you're consistently practiced at it and appetite correction kicks in and your body is steering you towards the foods slash nutrients that it needs, you, that combination of utilizing your body fat plus eating well raises the metabolic rate. So there are many people out there in the world who are absolutely sure that all intermittent fasting is, is calorie restriction, but it's not because there are studies that if you take, let's say 1200 calories of food and two different groups and one group, they can eat all day long or they're required to eat all day long, like little tiny meals. And then the other group can eat the 1200 calories all at once. Yay. So satisfying, right? The big meal, the people who consolidated their food calories, um, lost more fat and felt happier, right? (laughs) Like eating little amounts throughout the day, eating makes you hungrier. So if you get into fat burning and you have this bright energy that's available while you're fasting, and then you eat to satisfaction, the metabolism goes up and some days you eat more someday. So I'm not a calorie counter. I don't encourage it. I really encourage people to tune into what their body is telling them. But yeah. one day, one day last summer, I had this thought, I was like, what if I just plugged into my fitness pal or something like what yeah. I'm actually eating and see what are my macros and what are the calories? So I did that for two weeks. Some days I ate 800 calories and some days I ate like 2,800 calories <laughs> and it's just different. And, um, you know, obviously eating more fat increases the caloric intake, but I was eating intuitively based on what I could feel my body wanted. And it's different every day. So if you get hung up on the calorie number, as opposed to tuning into your own self, you could be off base, but absolutely keep that metabolism humming by eating well and fasting clean. It's in a dance together. I love it. Yeah. And so, and you know, I think you bring up something really important because so many of us, especially when we're type A personalities, high performing, all of those things, or, you know, I've been on my health journey and kind of through nutrition and eating and all that for 16 years. I started when I was 20 and I'm 36 now, but at some point it can get stale or we get stuck in ruts of always doing the same thing. And we need variety. Our body needs different foods and different amounts of foods. And it's supposed to vary like that. So I absolutely reiterate that point for our that. Um, something just scared my dog. Sorry. So, oh, that's great. So in wrapping up, just kind of, I'm to, to hit the highlights of this, you know, it's, we're starting with a fasting window. It's easiest to, you know, decide when you're going to stop eating and then just add 12 hours to, to when you're going to start to start. And it sounds like you got to give it some time. Like we have to give it three, four weeks at least before we can decide like, is this oh, at least yeah. and put the scale away. So I really believe in when you're doing anything, if you're going to get on that scale, mm-hmm. get on it for three days in a row, add it up, get the average. That's your baseline number. 
and put the scale away and have other things that you're looking for and looking towards as what's on your scoreboard, because we all actually want to feel better. We want to have our, our cholesterol numbers optimized and all the numbers at, you know, we want to keep feeling better and better, better. And then we look to the scale as the be all and end all for how we're doing. And that, that doesn't actually, that gives us one data point and it doesn't tell us very much about how we're doing. So I, I know that when people start something new, they relate to it like as a thing. They might have heard about intermittent fasting. It's like this thing. And so I I liken it to, well, I, I say it's not a thing. It's what human beings have always done throughout all time. And what if I came to you and I said, okay, Alex, I found about, out about this thing. I'm going to try it. You should do it with me. Here's what we do. At a certain time in the evening, we lie down, get horizontal and close your eyes. And then like, I don't know, six, seven, eight hours later, we open our eyes and we get up and we feel refreshed. It's called sleep. And I'm going to try it for a while. And if it doesn't work, I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, But if I feel better, I'll keep doing it. You want to do it with me? That is ridiculous. Like sleep is imperative. It's not optional. It's not a thing. Fasting is the same. We just didn't know it. So if we can pause from eating, like, and so, you know, even when people are like, give it time, give it a month, give it, it's like, no, no, just keep going every day. Have, have an eating window. Ask yourself, when am I eating today? Oh, I'm going to eat from 10 to four or 10 to six or one to 10. It's just like totally up to you, but just always live your life consciously putting your body into that condition of repair every day and then eat later and you'll feel amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Important too is the clean fasting, which we, we defined. And thank you for underscoring that it really yeah. makes a difference. And the slippery slope for people is just one day they wake up and they're like, but I want cream in my coffee this morning. It's like, I know you can have it later. Have your candy. I call it candy coffee. Have your candy coffee to open your eating window. But um, everybody can learn to either not have coffee in the morning or really learn to love, be a badass, drink black coffee. <laughs> yeah. Or just not drink coffee. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Good for you. I have to have it. Um, we are very attached to the way yeah. that we like our coffee. <laughs> yes, we are. And a big and obstacle. It's ritual. It's not just it's the experience of the coffee. It's not just the coffee. I've, I've learned right. in working with a lot of women. So, um. So how can, you know, anyone who's interested in learning more or wants to connect with you, how can they do that? I would love that. My business is called Fast Forward. So it's fastforwardwellness.com. And I have group programs and coach people one-on-one. And my promise to people is that I am doing everything I can to support you and falling in love with your own magnificence. So you just, I get to walk you home to yourself and how wonderful and amazing and strong and confident and flourishing you are. So I love fast it. forward. I will put all that in the show notes. Um, well, Lori, thank you for, for joining me. I know I actually learned some stuff about intermittent fasting. Yay. I'm so happy. So yeah. When um, are you going to close your eating window today? I'm going to, we're going to go with, I actually don't know what's going on tonight. 7.30. 7.30. Sounds good. Set an alarm maybe for 7.15 and say, you know, ask yourself, what else do I need? And then eat a little something else and window closed. (laughs) Brush your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) I need it anymore. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us and just sharing your knowledge. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and also leave us a review. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in the Emergent Women Community Group on Facebook for the chance to interact with me live once a week and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become the vibrant, energetic, and on-fire version of yourself we all know is under there. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about. Mm -hmm.